Warning, the following podcast contains descriptions of violence against human beings and may contain descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is not suitable for children under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, Paranormies? It's Zane. And it's Kyle. And we're back. Back to share with you horrifying tales of how the CIA done bucked up somewhere and now there's some (laughs) third world country that's oil rich that we have completely destabilized and is being controlled by terrible people. So yeah! This Think about that while you're driving theory. to work. These are facts. <laughs> this is any country ever. <laughs> if you got oil, we're coming for you. America. America. <laughs> Please do not resist. You are being rescued. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Kyle, um... I want to start today off on a bit of a different topic. So I'm going to be doing a lot of reading, you guys, but it's going to be from redacted government files about an age-old conspiracy theory that's been proved true by the government themselves. So sit back, relax, enjoy if you don't suck one. So (laughs) we're going to get started. I'm running on caffeine and nothing else right now. (laughs) All right, Kyle, so I wanted to read this to you just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. No preface. Just, Just take what you will from it. Gerson and Viktorov conducted amatol interviews with 17 neuropsychiatric patients, soldiers who had charges against them at Tilton General Hospital in Fort Dix. Um, Where is Fort Dix? It's in New Jersey. Okay. First, they were interviewed without amatol. Now, amatol is a prescription drug. That's all I'm going to tell you for here. Okay. By a psychiatrist who, neither ignoring nor stressing their situation as prisoners or suspects under scrutiny, urged each of them to discuss his social and family background his army career, and his version of the charges pending against him. The patients were told only a few minutes in advance that that narco-analysis would be performed. The doctor was considerate but positive and forthright. He indicated that they had no choice but to submit to the procedure. Their attitude varied from unquestioning compliance to downright refusal. So neuro-analysis, what is it exactly? I'll tell you in a moment. (laughs) And it's narco-analysis, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Each patient was brought to complete narcosis and permitted to sleep. As he became semi-conscious and could be stimulated to speak, he was held in the stage with additional amatil while the questioning proceeded. So essentially, his entire body was asleep, but his mind was awake. Yeah. When I'm picturing this, they're literally like hovering them like slightly above the bed. I don't know why, but it's like <laughs> they're in this like drugged out phase where they're just like hovering. So picture this. This is a, this is a government document, guys. I'm not reading a horror story This here. is interesting. This is a government document yeah. that I'm reading from. A, a proven signed document from the government. So, so they pretty put, pretty much put him into, what's that, sleep paralysis? Essentially. it's it's That's, that's the best way I could describe it. I was yeah. actually going to put that as the description. But basically, you have these guys, they're prisoners. They're not convicted yet. Yet, mm-hmm. And they're being put into this semi-conscious state. And that's where it gets a little bit more weird. Okay. By the way, do you remember, they had no choice but to submit to the procedure. This is super freaky. And this is happening in a hospital, by the way. Is it like, you did terrible things, so now you're going to be subject well, to Well, all it told me, because I looked for, for uh, victims, I couldn't yeah. find them. And all it told me was essentially, like, they were prisoners that were soldiers that had been accused of something. So and they it gets probably worse. did something... Uh, Probably they at have war. Done during war. Yeah, I mean, this is during the Vietnam them. conflict. I mean, the government had such a great handle on the shit it was handling then. Right. So, right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so in this state, they would become super, super delusional. This like they like, what did the what's the exact term they used for it? Um, narcosis and or semi-conscious narcosis. Okay. So in the state, they start becoming really delusional, and they start questioning them about the same thing they've already asked them questions about, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're asking the same questions. What's your version of events? What's your childhood? One of them fabricated a child he didn't have, and they knew he didn't have. Another one started... Did he do that on purpose? Like they said, now we want... Because when I took my polygraph, they're like, okay, we need you to lie to us right now. No, because this is the thing. They didn't even ask him about that. They asked him about his family prior to his narcosis, Mm -hmm. and he was just like, yep, this is my family, or he wouldn't even talk. It varied between subjects. But one of them made up a child. Another one said that he would kill on sight a stepfather who'd been dead for a year. Um, Another one confessed to participating in a robbery when, in fact, he'd only purchased goods from the participants. Um, There was, like, dates, times, all this stuff that never happened, and they're just spewing this stuff. Well... In the government's infinite wisdom, this is the exact terminology they use here. The veracity of the of said subject inciting names and events proved questionable. 
So is it because they were basically stating their own truth, though? I mean, like the guy I that said he had robbed, did he feel like he had helped with the robbery, even though he purchased the goods, knowing that they, they had been stolen? The psychologist doesn't clarify very much. The interesting part about this is actually in the same vein, but in a different topic to what you're bringing up. There's no real notes left on what these patients went through. Because in my opinion, they were... Guinea pigs. Oh, that was useful information. And Toss was, it out. What was the drug's name again that was keeping awake? Amatil. And Amatil. we'll get a little bit more into this. Okay. So, the, basically, they just put in, in layman's terms. So, basically, this was all for <laughs> They said, his, his veracity in citing names and events proved questionable. So, in non-lawyer speak, we couldn't tell if he was telling the truth. Right. And then it says, because of his confusion about actual events and what he thought or feared had happened, the patient at times managed to conceal the truth unintentionally. So they completely believe that this stuff they're trying to use is not helping them, right. but they continue to test with it. This is actually, I put this in green because this is another, like, this is topically what was happening. As the subject revived, he would become aware that he was being questioned about his secrets, and depending upon his personality, his fear of discovery, or the degree of his disillusionment with the doctor, he would grow negative hostile or physically aggressive occasionally patients had to be forcibly restrained during the period this period to prevent injury this is hilarious to themselves comma or to others <laughs> <laughs> that was our biggest yes, concern was the to injury others. to themselves as they're strapped to a bed in a semi-narcoleptic sleep is right. completely recognizable <laughs> to themselves or to others as the doctor continued to interrogate so even as they're coming out of this the doctor is still interrogating them might i remind you this is not an orwellian novel this is an actual document right some patients moved by fierce and diffuse anger, the assumption that they had already been tricked into confessing and a still limited sense of discretion, defiantly acknowledged their guilt and challenged the observer to do something about it. Oh, jeez. So they thought, like, in this narcolepsy or whatever, not narcolepsy, narcosis, mm -hmm. that they had already acknowledged their guilt, and then they just outed with it. Like, they were just like, yeah, I did it, what are you going to do about it? Right. So they have all these various points right they have everything from i have a son and you're like you don't have a son charlie i have a son i'm gonna kill my father-in-law he's already dead so no he's not To i did it here's how i did it i did it and what are you gonna do about it so what's the purpose of this study that's a great question and it leads quite nicely into the next point okay. i did want to read one thing though the chapter or not the chapter heading but the heading of this section and i'm only gonna read one line of it is conclusions no such magic brew as the popular notion of a truth serum exists Okay, so that's t pretty much what they were testing is. So our federal government a serum. <laughs> was working on a truth serum. You guys, our government <laughs> used taxpayer money on a truth serum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the project had kind of a funny name. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll read you the proposal that okay. they put down that I got. Objective, to study the methods of administration of drugs without the knowledge of the patient. Preparation of a manual. Method. A survey of methods that have been used by criminals for the surreptitious administration of drugs. Analysis of the psychodynamics of the situations of this nature. And then there's a proposal for money. So this is okay. the second half of this. So first off, we know there's no truth serum. But even after that, there's this paragraph that says, hey, we're going to learn how to dose people. We're going to learn how to get people on a drug without them realizing it. And we're going to do it by studying criminals. And that brings us to what it's called. The program was something called MKUltra. It was an illegal program performed by the CIA unwittingly on U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm. A lot of the information that I'm going to be pulling is from the State Department. And it's from a transcript where they were grilling the head of the CIA at that point, the director of the CIA, um, Admiral Turner is going to be his name. He was the uh, he was actually an admiral in the... Is that the... really his name or did you just pull Shut that out it. of thin air? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, I'll go with that. Admiral... Uh, Admiral, Turner, Admiral, not, not the, uh, two by four pipe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so his name was Admiral Turner. He okay. was an ex Navy Admiral, but they still refer to him by the honorific. And mm -hmm. he got grilled by a, a bunch of senators in this hearing yeah. because this was actually released in an expose in the seventies, right so after this... Watergate. And so the president at the time, Jimmy Carter, not Jimmy Carter, maybe Jimmy Carter, the president at the time, uh -huh. um, created this task force, essentially this council, to find out what the CIA had been up to because the New York Times already broke the whole story. And so they were like, well, we can't afford any more blowback. And even though the president at the time hadn't been necessarily involved in MKUltra, he's the right. president. It's his job to oversee this. Right. So what I want to do is I'm going to go through kind of the bullet points here, and then I want to delve into a couple of them. Okay. So 
within any CIA project, there are sub-projects, generally speaking. And they had numbers in the case of MKUltra. So you had MKUltra sub-project X, Y, or Z. There are a few that are, like, they have all the way up to, there's like a hundred and something of them. But only a few of them manage to gain notoriety because they're the ones that have the most, I guess you could say, depth to the most gravitas. Okay. Um, the first one I want to get into. So, so it in, was pretty much the exact same test. They were just doing different versions no, of the test subject. Not at all. That's oh, okay. the crazy part, is that it wasn't different versions of the same test. It was them doing all kinds of craziness to the US government or to the US populace without any of their knowledge. So I'm gonna start this off just by setting the stage for you. It's 1953. Okay. Um and what I'm gonna tell you, by the way, didn't get released till 1977. That's when all of this comes back to them. But it started in 53. 1953 <laughs> is when it started. So it's been going for what? It actually got shut down, technically years? speaking, in 1964. Um, but the release of the information about how they were illegally using u civilians mm -hmm. um, didn't come to light until 1977. Technically 1974 when the New York Times broke the story. But okay. so the CIA performs all these experiments on unwilling U.S. citizens. But what makes it really creepy and what I want you guys to think about as we're listening to this a lot of MKUltra is derived towards the concept that you can control someone's mind. Mm -hmm. um, ostensibly, it was because, and this is verbatim, the U.S. government had a fear that the Russians and Chinese already had developed, or actually it was the Russians and the North Koreans had already developed mind control powers. Not like psychologically, but like they had like drugs or... Or, or they could control somebody. Like a weapon system that could control somebody or not brainwash them, but mind control them like literally right. control their mind they say they the the <laughs> history channel by the way is now a joke i mean it's not actually super accurate anymore the smithsonian channel's good but history sucks anyway um i was reading on the history channel their like blurb about this and they said um the concern was that the north koreans and the chinese had a means of mind control to brainwash people those are two different things brainwashing is groupthink it's where right. you convince somebody that's or that the sky is green um, mind control would be controlling someone telepathically or something like that. And they were convinced that that was happening. So they were like, well, the only thing America does better than, uh, you know, other countries is having a bigger to whip around. So they were like, <laughs> we can't just let these other countries have terrible things and do terrible things. We need to be able to do more terrible things. Right. And so I think that could go on the CIA's headstone. Like, right. for real, that could be like their obituary. We need to be able to do more <laughs> terrible things. Um, by the way, thank you, CIA, for keeping us safe Zane's in our beds every night. Yep. I appreciate it. it. Just don't dose me. Um, but anyway, so this is the whole concept. All of the, trying to the gas just comes leaking through all the pipes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. So in 1953, Alan Dulles, the then head of the CIA, approves the program. But all that he approved it for at that point, and this is where we start to see kind of a degree, like a degradation is the wrong word, but... He approved it for psychological testing uh, or for testing of psychology and drug research to control human behavior. Um, there's like 150 recorded studies that are done on people over the next nine years that mm -hmm. the program runs or 11 years that the program runs. Those include electroshock therapy at its finest, uh, hallucinogenics, paralytics. The tests conclude or were conducted at hospitals, prisons, universities. And what makes so these are all different versions of MK Ultra. These like are the different sub. These are categories. these are actually all technically just within MK Ultra, and then there are subs that go with that. Okay. But essentially, the tests themselves were vast and different, and that's why each program, those sub programs, were in there. But the main purpose of the program was, was mind control. Mind control. And where did the Truth Serum come in? That was so before Truth this. Serum was essentially their their intro to mind control. That was okay. the drugs they were trying to produce to essentially create mind because control. if you can get if you can force somebody to tell you the, tell truth. the truth then you would be able to break through and control them or flip them one of the two because you would then control the agent so the That's idea right. was that and essentially the whole concept behind this was we're going to fight the russians um we're going to be able to beat the russians at their own game mm -hmm. and you know we could do a whole episode on the red scare but suffice it to say at its simplest level america does not like it when other countries have different ideas especially if those countries are nuclear armed right and the russians didn't like america and we own part of that and they own part of that but what we wanted to do was we wanted to be able to control russian assets if we found them we were convinced there were spies everywhere thanks to joe mccarthy everybody was always looking over their shoulders mm -hmm. and it caused this element that we call the red scare to exist essentially everybody thought everybody else was a communist it was the witch hunts of our time right and so <clears throat> in that time it's a flourishing time for them to develop truth serum or mind control right yeah. 
And so everybody thinks of this as a patriotic duty they're performing. What I don't think they realize, though, is if you can perform it on a Russian, you can perform it on an American. Mm -hmm. And in the book, um, is it 1984? Yeah, in 1984 by Orwell. That's really what happens. They they talk about um, how I just got that book. I'm ready. I'm excited to read it. It's an outstanding book. I won't ruin it for you. But okay. essentially, there that's that's what could potentially happen. I at, at the risk of being a conspiracy theorist, and as you know, I'm usually the cynic here. But if you can perform mind control, quote unquote, on a Russian, you can perform it on an American citizen. And so I feel like what they were doing was potentially detrimental to their own future. Right. And I don't know if they were thinking that far ahead. But I'd have to believe the people at the top were. So yeah. Essentially, 1953, it's approved. The one thing I did want to note, or I did notice, is that they're like, oh yeah, hospitals, perfect place to test subjects. I mean, awful, but accurate. They're stable and you can't run away. Prisons, another great place to test on subjects. Also, as we continue through this, you'll realize that apparently in the 1960s, prisoners were like little more than dirt because they were just like, oh, we killed four of them? Whoops. Like, not yeah. to mention that criminology at this point is so limited that half of these guys are innocent, but whatever. Exactly. Um, essentially... You have those two, which are fairly common, but universities? Where's a great place to test our new mind control drugs? Oh, on a bunch of free-thinking kids students? that just got out of the house. Why not? <laughs> yeah, so essentially they're going around to not just like crappy little universities. We're talking Stanford and like Yale and places like that. And they're, or let me see, I wrote Where down. kids are out for the first time on their own, and so they'll happily try things because they're in their college years. Not to mention that these are prestigious schools. These are not kids that are, I guess you could say, more run-of-the-mill. They're like at... They're at Yale or Stanford or Harvard or all these right. schools. But one of them that kind of stuck out to me was that when they went to, yeah, it was Stanford. When they went to Stanford, they were collecting what they called recruits. Those were test subjects. Um, one of them had kind of a funny last name. It was uh, Kaczynski. Theodore. Theodore Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah, Ted Kaczynski was involved in MKUltra. Um, he was a test subject. And he was actually made to believe that he was special. He was a unique individual. And that was why he'd been picked by this professor who was very well liked. Turned out he'd essentially been catfished into this program. Did and the was... professor know that what was oh, going yeah. on? Okay. The professor was on the take. Okay. And the professor himself knew what was going to happen, and he brought Ted in anyway, made him believe that he was something he wasn't. Right. And it led to Ted Kaczynski being, you know, we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just drop a little hint here and a little hint there. M my favorite serial killer is Ted Kaczynski, and I'm going to do a whole episode on He's it. He's still alive, isn't he? He's still alive. He lives in Colorado. Yes, in does. a prison. Yeah. All right. So, cop, I'm going to say a bunch of fancy medical words. Tell me if you know what they mean. You ready? Okay. To our listeners, if you know what these are, yell them out in your car, boat, <laughs> They're airplane, They're just yelling yacht. it down the street. <laughs> I want, if you're driving to work right now, just yell out what these are in your car and, like, attempt to make the person in the car next to you think you're either in a very heated argument on Bluetooth or just completely insane. Great. Don't send us a video. I don't want you texting and no. doing this at the same time, but send us a video. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. Lysergic acid dialmethylide. I have no idea. LSD. Okay. Um, MDMA. I don't know. Ecstasy. Okay. Uh, I should know these. You're a cop. <laughs> Psilocybin. Psilocybin? Uh -huh. I have no idea. I just made that word up. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Mushrooms. Okay. Okay, and then you should know these ones. Heroin. Yep. Meth. Mm -hmm. Barbiturates. I don't know what barbiturates are. It's, uh, they're, they're a type of antidepressant, essentially. Okay. Um, uh, mescaline. No. Okay. All of these things were used in the MK Ultra program, and now we would like to take a brief moment to listen to the wise words of Duke from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> Duke Silver. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. That is all I'm going to do for <laughs> hope that we don't get sued. Um, <laughs> go watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You'll appreciate that way more. Okay. Um, there was a whole discussion about this. But anyway, so <laughs> LSD was actually a synthetically designed drug. Right. Um, it's, we, we all know that it's not, it doesn't grow out of the ground. But essentially, <laughs> it was designed with the express purpose by a man named Sidney Gottlieb. Say that ten times fast. Okay. Um, for, and I quote, brainwashing and psychological torture. So what is it made from? LSD is just a synthetic. It's made of a bunch of chemical compounds that create a certain reaction in, the, in okay. anybody. It's like Adderall or any other drug. It's okay. designed with a, it's a, it's a designer drug. Okay. So LSD was designed to, once again, brainwash people and psychologically torture them. And they thought, you know what? Let's just give this to some people who don't know what it is. 
I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And then they left their CIA bunker, went and got pizza, popped some more LSD, and said, I got some more ideas. Okay, but I feel like this is one of the main reasons that parents are like, don't take anything that you don't know what it is. From a man in a black trench coat and a van that says, <laughs> definitely not the CIA on the side of it. <laughs> not CIA. TV guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Sidney Gottlieb curates this drug. He makes it for the CIA. He's a chemist okay. for him. And they're like, well... How do we test this? Well, we can't possibly do tests on animals. Or, you know, just like look at what the chemical compounds are supposed to do. Got an idea. Hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not test on animals, but let's test on random people that don't know what they're doing. So they did. They went to these different bars, and they essentially, what they would do is they had two safe houses. um, One on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. Um, On the East Coast, it was in New York. West Coast, it was in San Francisco. And what they would do is they would essentially go into a bar, douse somebody, and just watch what happened. They'd be like, oh, cool, let's just slip some of this unknown drug with crazy amounts of random in it into someone's drink. I'm sure that if they have some medical reaction to it, it won't be a problem. Yeah, no one's going to have a seizure. No, no one's one's going to die. But I do want to just read to you exactly what it says right here in the the report. So... There's a senator who's asking this of Admiral Turner. Now, I, props where props are due. Admiral Turner inherited this mess. Yeah. Remember, it was not him. It was Dulles that signed off on this project. But he is still the one who's opening up the files, mm-hmm. and he's still being a little dishonest. He's the director of the CIA. Right. And we'll start to see that as time goes on. But props to him for at least showing up. That's all I'm saying. That would never happen today. Mm-hmm. So Senator Schweiker says, Admiral Turner, I read the New York Times. Wow, English is different then. I read in the New York Times that part of this series of MK Ultra experiments involved an arrangement with the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. Okay. So the FBN, I think they got assimilated into the ATF at some point, but um, maybe not. To test LSD surreptitiously on unwitting persons in the bars in New York and San Francisco. Some of the subjects became violently ill and were hospitalized. I assume that it was the safe house operation. Oh, yeah. I assume that it was the safe house operation. I don't believe your statement went into much detail. Um, to which the admiral responds, what we've learned from the new documentation, because once again, he inherited this mess, mm-hmm. is the location and the dates at which the safe houses run by the CIA and the identification of the three individuals who were associated with running those safe houses. So he essentially hides behind, we know who did it. Stop in there. Wasn't our fault. It was three rogue agents, except... There was an agreement with the FBN. He just yeah, mentioned I was that. Yeah, And then it says, and then Senator Schweiker says something humorous is the wrong word, but funny-ish. Well, the subjects were unwitting. You can infer that much, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> can you imagine? So, cool. So they were still unwitting. Like, that was not right. the question I asked. Right. <laughs> um, and then, this is super creepy. Just, just so we're all on the same page. This yeah. is a continuation of that same conversation. Senator Schweiker. If you happen to be at the wrong bar at the wrong place and the wrong time, you got it. Statement, not question. Mr. Brody, Senator, or Mr. Brody, who is on the CIA side as well. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brody, Senator, that would be contacts were made as we understand it in bars, etc. And then people may have been invited to the safe houses. There really isn't any indication of the fact that this took place in bars. Admiral Turner. There are six cases of these 149 cases where we have enough evidence to substantiate that there was unwitting testing, and some of that involves the safe houses. So mm-hmm. this is Turner and the other guys. So Admiral Turner's like, hold up. We, we do know that some of these were at safe houses, but you notice that neither of them acknowledged that it was unwitting yet? Yeah. It continues. Senator Schweiker, after a few drinks, it's questionable whether informed consent means anything to a person in a bar anyway. So, like, he's just being like, guys... You went to a bar. People are drunk at bars. People drink at bars. People are more open at bars. Mm-hmm. This was not something where you were going into a college library and saying, hello, all of you sober students. Who would like to take this LSD? Mm-hmm. And then it continues on. Admiral Turner. There are cases in penal institutions where it is not clear, so prisons, where it is not clear whether a prisoner was given a choice or not. I don't know that he was given a choice. And this is where it's really telling on how they looked at prisoners and using them in science experiments at this point. Yeah. But I don't positively know he was, or I don't know that he was, and I classify it as an ambiguous incident. So it's fine. He's a criminal, so it's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm sure he was convicted properly by a police force that wasn't a hung jury, and you know, <laughs> I guarantee you that they had all the evidence to put him at the crime scene. So yeah, mescaline the shit out of that guy. Yeah, Why exactly. not? 
This is the DCIA, and I don't remember who the other guy was because I frankly didn't care enough. I was just interested in who was on what side as I was going through this because I read the entire release on this thing. The actual government papers, 178 pages of them. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was actually a very enjoyable read. Very little bit wordy, but fun to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, this is an acknowledgement that, yes... There were two safe houses. They still have yet to say whether that was an unwilling participant, though. They're like, maybe, maybe, in the prison system, maybe, maybe we did that, you know? But, like, definitely not in the bars. Right. And the people who were interrogating them were like, yo, real quick, has anybody ever made a good choice in a bar? Raise a hand. So pretty much what they're saying is they... They're saying that they offered it to people in bars and then told those people to go to the safe houses so they could study them. Well, it says it says invited them to the safe house. Oh, come on to the safe house. Oh, yeah, come invited them, yeah, I yeah, guess. You know, we're just going to be chilling over here in this LSD brothel. Well, here, <laughs> take these pills and just come on over. We just want to study you. And the you just reminded me of Hot Rod. <laughs> I was at work and my coworker was like, hey, I've got this acid, but I can't take it. And I was like, well, I'll take it. And then I was riding home on my bongo board and I was I, I was tripping balls pretty hard. So I came home and I was just sitting there on my bench grinder. And <laughs> <laughs> my I love Bill Hader so effing much. <laughs> anyway, so it brings us to a really interesting point here. So we know that there are these two safe houses, but what happens at the safe house, right? Is it just like a square room where they're right. just like tossing people? people in? No. It has the literal worst name for a CIA operation oh, no. I have ever heard. I literally laughed like a 12-year-old at my in my office while I was reading this. I was sitting there at, in my office working on a spreadsheet with one hand, reading this on the other, and I'm like... <laughs> You guys, you guys, come look at this. If we had a contest for what's the worst thing we could name this, this would win. All right, guys. All right, so it's three things, okay? I'm going to define it for you before I tell you what it is. The name of Captain Holt's penis. Oh, no. A condom brand for people who only have large wieners or tiny wieners. (laughs) Okay. Or the third one, the shittiest bottle of vodka you can find with a bunch of black dye in it, okay? Oh, no. Operation Midnight Climax. (laughs) Midnight Climax. You'll have a bottle of Midnight Climax guaranteed to work every time. Oh my god. I'd like a box of Midnight Climaxes. Hello, this is Midnight Climax. I love that you said it's Captain Holt's. It's Captain Holt's penis. penis. I'm right, I'm right, and you know it. Midnight Climax, you guys. Our CIA guys, in their infinite wisdom, named something Midnight Climax. Sorry, news, not the weather there. My bad. <laughs> the weatherman named it. <laughs> the weatherman. Dude, it was total trash. But anyway, so, a lot less... I mean, it actually works really like well. the name of, like, an all-black porno. It is, easily. And don't Google Midnight Climax. <laughs> You'll get, like, off-brand Viagra pills. Like, Seriously? Like, horny goat weed will be, like, the third thing on there. <laughs> but anyway... Um, so, Operation Teehee Midnight Climax, uh-huh. um, it's actually a fairly accurate description of what was happening, by the way. The, basically, they bring him back to the safe house, mm-hmm. and they would be ladies of the night okay. at this, this CIA house, and they'd be, like, all over these nerdy dudes in their mid-50s with no love in their lives, and they'd be like, <laughs> why is this chick coming on to me? It couldn't be to give me more LSD. No, definitely not. So these dudes are getting laid in this brothel, essentially, that the CIA puts up. And on the other side of the glass wall partition, the CIA guys are sitting there going, yeah, oh, she hasn't done that before. That's <gasps> Seriously? New. Yep. For science. Oh, right. Porn for science. For science. <laughs> for science. Yep. All right, I'm going to be back in like 20 minutes or all for science. But anyway, um, oh so for gosh. science and for the greater furthering of the American good, they watched a bunch of sweaty middle-aged men get it on with porn stars. Gross. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Operation Midnight Climax. That is my password for everything now. <laughs> Everyone, Zane's Hashtag email don't hack addresses. <laughs> my buddy once made the router at our house um, hack this and came back and it was hack. challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> it was me. I knew the password. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, so basically there's this whole LSD brothel the CIA just put up on either end of the, this, the entire country, uh-huh. um, and they're actually modifying electric plugs with cameras so that they can video it, too, for science. Oh, my gosh. You know, probably, For science. I'm trying to think what that would be called, like, if they released it in VHS format. Midnight Climax. Midnight Climax. <laughs> there it is. So, while this is... VHS style. <laughs> yeah, so keep in mind, by the way, 
None of this is consensual on the part of the victim, right? Right. And then there's also the question of the fact that the CIA hired prostitutes, like, on retainer. Like, do we think about that? For They're a like, so we're not going to charge you for your 30 counts of prostitution. <laughs> I think All it was more like... sleep with these random guys we're bringing to this brothel. I guarantee you it was more like they were sitting in a meeting like, okay, we're going to need like 15 prostitutes. And every single one of them was like... <clears throat> <laughs> Candy, it's Mo. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mo. Fear not, I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> For science. Oh, seriously. So they have hired prostitutes, they're dousing American citizens with drugs, they're videoing it without their consent. Oh, and by the way, they have no idea if this has adverse health effects on these people, some of which are right. hospitalized. This happened in America at the hands of our government. Okay, so... Just so that they could study to find out if they could do mind control on them. I actually think it was because secretly someone always wanted to name an Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ultimate goal of this Literally, entire thing. Literally, Midnight Climax? Could you have thought of a worse one? Like, maybe goat orgasm, but like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I still think Midnight Climax is worse. <laughs> I, that's what I was gonna say. Alright, so... In 1953, by the way, so we're, we're going back just a little bit because obviously all of this is occurring in a span from 1953 to 1964, and the details are a little bit shaky on dates and times, and I'll explain why. Right. But in 1953, so at the inception of this program, Alan Dulles has basically just signed off on it. There's a man named Frank Olson. He's a doctor, and Dr. Frank Olson was staying in a hotel mm -hmm. when he, for no reason whatsoever, plunged out of his 11-story window to his death. Uh, his death was ruled a suicide because mm. of massive impact with the ground. The gravity killed him. The fall didn't. So, yeah. essentially, you know, that makes sense, I guess. Problem is, Ellen Dulles definitely wanted this dude dead. And I'll tell you why. So, Frank Olson was being dosed with LSD. Didn't realize he was being dosed. I think he figured it out. I think he figured out who was doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think the CIA bumped him off. Probably. Um... Wouldn't be the first he committed time. suicide the same way that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. We'll put it that way. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. The Clintons are involved is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm trying to place them at this point. I'm like, were they born yet? <laughs> yes. They, they were. They were, but were. I'm just like still like I always just picture Hillary. Like, I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. Like I just picture her coming out of the womb as the 58 year old <laughs> robot that she always is. <laughs> I think she's older than 58. I actually am completely <laughs> in belief that she's a clone of Nancy Pelosi that failed. But either way. Oh. <laughs> oh Tell me God. you don't look at those two and go, those are the same person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see it. As By the way, as a relative independent, I can make fun of both sides of the aisle. So. <laughs> but um, continuing on. So Frank Olson committed suicide in 53. Keeping in mind, that's the first year of MKUltra. I think uh -huh. he knew more than we know. I think so, too. I think he may have been involved in the program somehow. I don't know for sure. All they have is that he was being dosed with LSD and he wasn't aware of it. Right. But then he just bails out a window and everybody wanted to make it about LSD. I don't think it was. I don't think so, either. So... That uh, that actually brings us to a question that happens from one of the senators. Where the men in black come in? So, Admiral Turner, MKUltra Subproject 3 was a project involving the surreptitious administration of LSD on unwitting persons. <clears throat> we didn't use any unwitting subjects. MKUltra Subproject 3 was a project involving the surreptitious administration of LSD on unwitting persons. I, all I'm hearing, I'm just hearing these in, in Clinton's voice. I did not have... <laughs> I did not dose that woman with LSD, mescaline, MSD, MDF, MSBCN. Give up. <laughs> too many. Too so, many. So, so many drugs. MSNBC. So many drugs. So little time. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> I don't know why he turned into George Bush at the end of that. <laughs> anyway, so this is the interesting part. We've just heard them flat out deny no one was unwitting. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe a prisoner or two. No one was unwitting. Admiral Turner, MK Ultra Sub Project 3 was a project involving the surreptitious administration of LSD on unwitting persons. Was it not? Okay, that's a pretty ballsy question, yeah. first off. Admiral Turner, yes, sir. What the f? <laughs> <laughs> Senator Inouye, in February 1954, and this was very early in the stages of MKUltra, the director of Central Intelligence wrote the technical services staff officials criticizing their judgment because they had participated in an experiment involving the administration of LSD on an unwitting basis to Dr. Frank Olson, who later committed suicide. I love that they put in there who later committed suicide. I'm like, this was still scrubbed, I feel yes, like. Anyway. Absolutely. Now, the individuals criticized were the same individuals who were responsible for Subproject 3. 
Oh, so they're only responsible for one of the sub-projects of MKUltra. But once again, MKUltra Sub-Project 3 was a project involving the surreptitious administration of LSD on unwitting persons. So, those people, the ones who started this project, are being accused of mishandling, all it says is, it says, uh, <laughs> what did he say? Criticizing their judgment because of how they handled the experimentation of administration of LSD on Dr. Frank Olson, who later committed suicide. Subproject so, 3 was not determined okay. immediately after, or it says, uh, and then this is the part where Inouye actually gets pretty ballsy. He says, Subproject 3 was not terminated immediately after mm -hmm. Dr. Olson's death. He boldface says that. Right. In fact, according to documents, it continued for a number of years. Can you provide this committee with any explanation of how such testing could have continued <laughs> under these circumstances? Basically, what he's saying is an American citizen who was not related to this project is dead. You guys didn't fix it. Why did this happen? Now, I do like that he gives um, Director Turner, Admiral Turner, a little bit of leeway. He says, and it was very very early in the stages of MKUltra, 1953. Mm -hmm. So, literally, the inception of it. So, right. he at least says, yo, I understand that you weren't directly involved with this, but this went on for years. Were you involved with this? Do you know if the people were terminated? Did the project end? At the very end of this, and I'm going to cut to the end just briefly, but at the very end of this, one of the final pages is a signed dossier from Manoia that says, I'm not convinced that they fired anybody. Dr. Frank dies. No one's fired. And it's literally like its own page. Like it was important enough that it's like noted, it's notated as its own page at the very end of the report, just before the conclusion. Jeez. So he's like not convinced. Admiral Turner says, um, no, sir, I cannot account for these circumstances. Senator Inouye, are the individuals in the technical services who carried on sub-project sub three still on the CIA payroll? Direct question. Of course they are. Admiral Turner. Well, actually, Admiral Turner says, I am sorry. Are you asking, are they today? <laughs> no, I was asking about yesterday. <laughs> Senator Inouye. Yes. <laughs> Admiral Turner. No, sir. And yet, at the very end of this report, he says, I'm not convinced. I think that the people who killed Frank are still on there. I think so, too. I keep saying Frank. Is it Frank? Is it Frank Olson? Dr. Frank Olson? Dr. Olson. We'll go with Olson. Okay. And so this all is coming out in spoken testimony. And you can imagine that the Admiral has some things he's got to hide still. Yes. He's trying to be as open as he can, in my opinion. I, I actually think that Admiral Turner was a good man. Yeah. But I think he has things that in the interest of national security, he can't reveal. Especially because the, the, the government at this point was very shaky. The people were just barely getting over Vietnam, if not still really peeved about it. You don't need another upset in the White House. Watergate just happened. Right. Trust me, the CIA can take any step it needs at this point to just try to remain stable. Like, right. we need funding. We're not going to do this, but I'll do what I can here. So I'm actually very proud of how the Admiral handled all mm -hmm. of this. And that's when a little project called Subproject 54 comes to the surface. Oh, great. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse. So that was Subproject 3, and now we're going to talk about 54. Once again, there are a lot of facets to this, but only a few of them are super notorious. Some of these subprojects are literally just requests for additional funding. So okay. Subproject 6 could be like, for the continuation of Subproject 3, we need $3,000. That's Subproject okay, gotcha. 6, because the government. So, right. because I actually read all of the subproject files I could find. Um, I went through and read all of them, and like half of them are literally just additional funding requests. It's Jeez. like a teenager with a porn habit. Like, of course. So essentially, that's when Subproject 54 just gets like slammed into the face. It's actually really interesting because a lot of this is full court stenography. Like, it's actually just like handwritten. So it'll be like, yes, um, pause, um, and like you'll be like, it's really cool because you're like sitting there, like next right. to this guy. Like, I have a very visceral imagination, and I was like literally sitting there in between them in this darkened room where it was like the scene from, um, a few good men where you have like the light on one side, the light on the other side, and the judges <laughs> up there. And I was like watching this go back and forth. And I was like getting to know the Admiral. It was really cool. See, now I'm just imagining Stranger Things with the water on the ground. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just a, yeah. it's actually kind of accurate because that's, that's the time frame it would have taken place. Well, right. no, it's not. It's the 80s. But anyway, yeah. um, so essentially now we come to a guy named Senator Schweiker who is in charge of cross-examining cross mm -hmm. uh, the Admiral and anybody who's with him. So Senator Schweiker, Subproject 54 MK Ultra which involved examination of techniques to cause brain concussions and amnesia by using weapons or sound waves to strike individuals without giving warning and without leaving any clear physical marks. Someone dubbed it perfect concussion. <laughs> and that was the NFL. I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, the Packers. Um, <laughs> the Packers. <laughs> um, so, 
They actually called it perfect concussion. And I love what he says here. Maybe that was poetic license on the part of your staff rather than your poets over there. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, snap. Someone doesn't like the CIA. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you could tell us what the brain concussion experiments were about. Admiral Turner. Uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. Admiral oh, Turner. Is that really what it says? <laughs> Uncomfortable. This like starts like listing facial expressions. <laughs> that is not how I look. Frustrated. <laughs> um, Probably gassy. <laughs> appears to have eaten bean burrito. Um, anyway. <laughs> Admiral Turner. This project, number 54, was canceled and never carried out. Senator Schweiker. Well, that's always a fun thing to have someone start with. I do believe the first year of research was completed in 1955, carried out by the Office of Naval Research, according to the information that you supplied us. Admiral oh, Turner. Oh, no. Uncomfortable. <laughs> he Senator, just sits there and breathes into the microphone. It just goes like this. It's like, according to the information you supplied us. <clears throat> <sighs> this guy. <laughs> After a like him attempting to dodge the question, not super deftly because it's like a dead to rights gotcha. Yeah. And I'll give you this. Senator Schweiker's either a lawyer or has experience with this because he keeps doing this throughout the entire cross-examination. He'll set him up and drop him. So I think he was a damn good interrogator. Yeah. But it would be terrifying to go up against him. So he says, Senator Schweiker, and I love like all of this sarcasm and nuance he throws into it, even 40 years after it was written, actually 50 years after it was written. Right. It's beyond entertaining. Well, I am confused because here again is another quote from the document that we have, that we have seen, which you have released and supplied to us. (laughs) Following technical progress will be made under the current deleted contract. A. Specialized instrumentation and numerous testing techniques have been developed and obtained the desired dynamic data. Once again, this is a project to smash people upside the head and give them a concussion. That's literally what they're doing. And it says that data has been obtained and the devices have been created. Hmm. And remember, part of the description of the device was without warning or leaving any physical marks. I just wanted to remind you, though, this whole project, once again, we've obtained the product and we have tested it, Uh is all about without warning... Hitting someone in the head with either a physical object or a sonic wave and leaving no clear physical marks. Ostensibly, a Russian spy gets some info he shouldn't have. We can hit him hard enough in the head in a specific spot he'll forget it. Do you think an ultrasound could do something like that? I doubt it, because the whole concept of this is that it's impacting the brain somehow, right? I don't know how ultrasounds work, but I know that I know if ultrasounds can break up um, kidney stones, so that's why I would be curious. If they're delicate enough, though, to point at a pre-embryotic baby, or an embryotic baby, I would say we're probably good. Yes, but if you turn it on, I think that's very low. I wonder, length. though, if it's very similar, like, technology. And if you think about, like, the 50s and 60s, it would have had to been, like, mounted, I'm sure, with yeah, the oh, amount yeah. of stuff they had to use. Oh, but yeah. either way, this is data point B. Cons- I we ask our listeners who definitely know more about this than we do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any of you know what the CIA tested in 1954, <laughs> no, um, if you guys know anything about... Um, what are we looking for? Ultrasounds yeah, and, their, some, and their lethal uses? Yeah, the possibility of what could cause a... Mind wipe, essentially. Because yeah. that's what they were looking to do. So, this is data point B. Considerable data has now been obtained supporting the resonance cavillation theory. Once again, considerable data has already been obtained. Considering the resonance cavillation theory of brain concussion. Mm-hmm. How do you obtain data on a brain concussion in the 1950s before computer animation? About how you smash someone upside the head without warning them, Kyle. Right. You smash someone upside the head without warning them, Kyle. (gasps) Bam. So, essentially, they're saying here, we have data. Doesn't that right say we bashed a bunch of people, but uh, what else do you do? And this part, by the way, I want one of these. This is super creepy. I want one. Okay. And preliminary acceleration threshold data has been obtained for a fluid glass simulated skull. So now they're oh going gosh. to be using a glass skull full of fluid to figure out how hard you got to whack someone. I want a glass skull. I just, I want one full of fluid, specifically <laughs> whatever fluid it was they were using, because I know it was eerie colored and it's going to oh, be all sure. crusty around the edges, but uh-huh. it's just so I can say, this is a CIA test skull. But either way, <laughs> I know I had, I, you have to hold it here. You uh-huh. can't ever explain what it is. You can't be like, this is a CIA test. This is a CIA test skull. That's the only way you can explain it. Anyway, so they Eeyore have this. I was going to say Eeyore, but I meant Igor voice. <laughs> Walk like this. (laughs) But anyway, um, I want you to recognize this. Preliminary acceleration threshold data has already been obtained. That means they knew roughly how hard you had to smack someone to give them a, quote, perfect concussion. But once again, (laughs) this project, number 54, was canceled and never carried out. 
preliminary threshold data. <laughs> this is from the CIA file, by the way. He's reading this verbatim, Senator right. Schweiker. It goes on to talk about blast a blast range and a 2,500 square foot laboratory. The document notes that three blast test series have been run to date. Once again, this was ne this never happened. We didn't run this project. It describes a special blackjack device, a pancake-type blackjack, giving a high-peak impact performance with a low unit-to-surface pressure. So yeah, 54 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and was probably tested in some third-world country, or, you know, just in Florida. Why not? It probably was. Well, keep in mind, it was performed by the Navy. The Navy was testing this for, quote, military purposes, but it was passed to them by the CIA, then passed back. Hmm. So what I think happened was they said, we need you to find out this weapons capacities. We don't have the funding to do it. You do it. Give it back to us. And some guy in the Navy was tight with the Admiral. And he said, mm -hmm. cool, because the Admiral's denying this one outright. So I feel like this might have been one of his projects. Gotcha. So then it says, I agree the records are inconclusive as to the results of this work, but it certainly seems testing was done. Mm -hmm. I think what Schweiker's trying to prove here, by the way, is that you're lying, dude. Like, if you're lying about this, what else are you lying about? Yeah. Senator Schweiker, Admiral Turner, I read the New York Times as part of MKUltra, and he then goes into what we've talked about already. Part of this was dosing people, and he denies it again, right? This is basically the crux of MKUltra. You have this Project 54, which is less known now because it's not as flashy as dosing people in a bar at, you know, their local watering hole. Mm -hmm. But still, they were developing this. Right. There's one other piece of the puzzle that's a little bit skewed. And I know that what we've talked about seems very disjointed and it feels like it's very far apart, but I'll tell you why, but not until the end. Ugh. So this one is really freaky. Okay. This is like, this is some that you like, just, it gets me here every time I read it. Um, mm -hmm. Admiral Turner, I'd like to come back to the experiments, which may have been conducted at the hospital research facilities, which the CIA helped to finance. It wasn't clear to me from your previous answers, what kind of work was done there. I gather that you are unclear on that, too, from your remarks. Yet, I find in the CIA documentation, which you have supplied us, he says that every time, a list describing some of the advantages the agency hoped to gain. It says, and then he reads verbatim the following. A, one-sixth of the total space in the new hospital wing will be available to the chemical division of TSS, a division of the CIA involved in chemical production of Ooh, drugs and such. Great. A wing of the hospital... So will be available to the TSS. Doterra, maybe? I think they were probably doing essential oils. <laughs> Mind control, put some lavender on that. <laughs> Solves all kidding. the ails yet. <laughs> the only essential oil I trust is WD-40. <laughs> right, anyway. so, Putting that on your elbows. <laughs> the best part of King of the Hill is when Hank pulls out a tiny WD-40 to open a larger WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway. B. It gets worse. Agency sponsorship of sensitive research projects will be completely deniable. That is in a paper, in black and white, completely deniable. Full professional cover will be provided for up to three biochemical employees of the chemical division, the TSS. Mm -hmm. Human patients and volunteers for experimental use will be available under controlled clinical conditions with the full supervision of blank. Something has been deleted. Redacted. Yo, I just want you to just, I'm going to read this with just my underlined sections. Human patients for experimental use will be available under controlled clinical conditions. That's some spooky shit. Absolutely. And that is inside the U.S., may I remind you. That's, that's our government experimenting on, it just says human subjects and volunteers. Can I just note something here real quick? And volunteers. What does that mean? Yeah, so where are the human subjects coming from? Oh, they're just people that, wait. If you're not a volunteer and you're not willingly participating, what are you, Kyle? You're an unwilling participant. Right. But no, there's no unwilling participants here, uh, except for in this paper I just handed you. Right. You know that there was some intern who was supposed to cover a bunch of this. He's like, and oh, he got back. Sorry. The admiral got back and was like, "Where's the sharpie guy?" <laughs> <laughs> we know that they've funded this wing of this hospital, right? Mm -hmm. The wing is called the Gorman, and it's the Gorman Annex. Yeah, the Gorman Annex. Construction has begun in 1957, so four years into the project, mm -hmm. and the annex was dedicated in 1959. Keep in mind, that gives them four years before the project is officially, once again officially, shut down. Mm -hmm. So they have four years of time with the Gorman Annex. Now this is, I've actually got this part highlighted. Of the several MKUltra projects conducted at Georgetown, only one involving human testing covered a time span subsequent to March of 1959. So that's when the hospital is dedicated and the CIA gets its creepy wing. Right. So... From 
in you know in that time frame from like 1959 to 1963, it says right here it is possible that the final four years 1959-1963 of the subproject could have been spent in the Gorman Annex with no knowledge. Interesting. So there's a whole bit of history there, no one knows about because it was in the Gorman Annex and it's in the MK Ultra files. Mm-hmm. Once again, times and dates are a little shady on that, but I'll tell you why at the end of the episode. Okay. So. Authorization to contribute CIA funds towards the construction of the Gorman Annex is noted in Subproject 35 of MK Ultra. I found Subproject 35. Having dug the file out, I looked at what the numbers were all in there, and they have this huge list, of course, but the final total was $375,000. Now, that's in 1950, let's see here, 57? Our beloved producer, Mike, actually did the math for me and was able to figure out what that would be in today's U.S. dollars. Mikkel? $3.6 million. $3.6 million. So it was $3.6 million in today's dollars and cents so that they could have essentially a private lab Mm -hmm. to test on American subjects. That is freaking insane. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Nope. Nope. And also, there's no records of what they did in there. We just know it exists. Now... This is super creepy, but I just, I highlighted this line because it was just kind of eerie to me. It is impossible to determine if the facilities of the Gorman Annex were involved in the legal experimentation. Say that again. It is impossible to determine if the facilities of the Gorman Annex were involved in the legal experimentation. So they're trying to say the secret wing of this hospital. There's no way to prove that they were involved in. Yup. And the reason for that is it's very hard to find times and dates. They're all kind of shady, and I'll explain to you why at the end of the episode. Oh, my God. Because everyone's been dosed with LSD. Because everyone's on LSD, and it's an LSD party. (laughs) All right. So they've put all this money into the hospital. They have their own clinical space to work in. Before all of this happened, back when they were way back on Subproject 2, they were still convinced of this idea that we need to have psychologists who are willing to bend the rules or doctors mm-hmm. that are willing to bend the rules. And one of those was in Subproject 2. Okay. About half of this is redacted. Guys, look at this. Tell me it doesn't look uh, like something out of a horror film. Yes. All right. So I'm reading from the actual transcript. Appendix C, documents referring to the subprojects. Um, this is literally Subject MK Ultra Subproject 2. Number one, subproject two is being set up to provide and secure efficient means to exploit blank, 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 blank in regard to the MKUltra program. Two, blank is er, is a precincting psychiatrist in blank and a faculty member of the blank. His past positions include chief neuropsychiatrist at blank, chief of the psychiatry section at blank, and OSS experience during World War II. Kyle, throw back to our last episode. Who's the OSS? Uh, Precursor to the CIA, they trained the Viet Cong. Yes. Pre-existing experience with the OSS. Interesting. But name redacted. Continuing. He has been in, or he has been of value in the general MK Ultra field as an overall advisor and consultant, and he has been of value in contacting individuals in the blank area and setting up projects there. And he has done work himself, which has contributed to the MKUltra field, his professional activities and known connections with the blank, 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 blank. Holy crap. This is only Project 2, by the way. This is way back before they have their own hospital. And there are apparently at least one doctor in the U.S. who is setting up cells of MKUltra. And he's this well-renowned dude who worked with the OSS, which Mm. is, once again... Plug, plug, plug. The precursor to the CIA, they trained the Viet Cong. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They trained the Viet Cong. Yeah. It goes on. Miscellaneous research and testing services in the general field of MKUltra. Services and contract. Cut out product projects. Blah, 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 blah. All of this is fairly um, minutiae. But if you get to the very bottom, the last point is interesting. Blank, blank is cleared through top secret contract basis. So this civilian doctor with former military experience, former OSS experience, is cleared at a top-secret level to perform illegal tests on U.S. citizens, and he's a trusted neuropsychologist, psychiatrist. He's got all of these accolades. Think about this. When you go to a doctor, you want someone who is very well-informed, right? Right. Maybe he's a vet. That's kind of cool. He's a veteran. Right. Also, he's going to dose you with LSD, and now you're in a (laughs) LSD brothel, and you're under CIA experimentation. It just, I don't know, it unsettles me because it's like, yes, of course, we want the best and brightest people working on things that are going to be used on our enemies, but not on us. Right. We, our heads are in the sand. The drone strikes happen over Mm -hmm. there. We don't need to worry about the innocent civilians that are getting killed all the time. It's not our problem. Right. 
We don't want to see how the sausage is made. We just want to eat it. So, <laughs> so that's, I know that goes back a bit, but that just shows you where they were willing to go with this. Uh-huh. They're willing to have civilians essentially setting this up. Subproject 35 will be posted on our Instagram. I'm going to post the entire thing for you. Okay. Um, and I promise we're winding down here because I know we've gone over a lot of subject matter, but I feel like this is all important. Absolutely. Um, there's, this next section is rather fascinating. <clears throat> so this whole time, just for knowledge check, what is the main thing that the Admiral's been denying, guys? Like, you can pick one thing. What's he been denying the most? That they didn't that they didn't have any unwilling yeah. subjects. Unwilling subjects, right? <clears throat> Senator Kennedy. <laughs> in terms of the research in this particular program, it did not go beyond safe houses located on the east and west coast. Am I true and correct in believing that? Admiral Turner. The type of unwitting testing and sort of random selected individuals, yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. That goes against everything you just now, real told quick, us. I, let's, let's be clear here. What he's saying is that type of unwitting testing and sort of randomly selected individuals, yes. The response, the question asked is, this didn't happen outside of the safe houses. So now he's acknowledging there were safe houses. Yeah. But he's still sticking by this whole, we didn't have any unwitting random subjects. We weren't going into bars and just randomly dousing people. He's, he's still on that line. Senator Kennedy, well, how do we interpret randomly selected? Mm. Admiral Turner, well, as opposed to prisoners who are in a prison who were somehow selected. So you're admitting that somehow selected, does that mean they're random? Right. <laughs> Inside a prison, they're still U.S. citizens. Somehow selected. That just seems we're like... We're going to somehow select that guy. Yes, we were um, somehow select about 3,000 of this specific race to go <laughs> to this oven. Same kind of concept there. That's how right. random selection works, apparently. Right. Good job, guys. Right. Anyway, moving on, Senator Kennedy. All right. Do you know from this information how many people were recruited during this period? How many people were brought in for this kind of testing? Admiral Turner, no idea. I feel like at this point he was just like, someone find Dulles. <laughs> He's like, no idea. Senator Kennedy, do you know approximately? <laughs> Admiral Turner, I asked that question the other day. We just don't have, apparently we're very, well, either, well, no records were kept of the actual numbers and types of people they tested on. Those were destroyed. Something tells me no. Okay, so you come across a dude with blood pouring out of the back of his van with a hose just spraying stuff out. I'm sure he didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no, of course right? not. Nothing to hide there. Burn everything. No one can know about this is the thing you say when you're innocent. Right. So they just said, yeah, we don't have any records or numbers because they're, they're gone. Now, I'm going to take the admiral's side on this one. Mm-hmm. Do you realize how hard it would be after you've already tried to defend your indefensible position because you're in charge of this amazing organization that's in charge of keeping people safe to say, okay, I have fought this uphill battle all the way to here. Now I get to drop the bombshell that is going to shoot me in the foot royally. Right. And he says it. He just he, like you hear him struggle to say it. And then he just says those records were destroyed. I don't have numbers. And that's why we don't know a ton about MKUltra. Do you what think the, the records did. were really destroyed or do you think he's protecting something? A oh, no. Project? Those records are gone because Admiral, the Admiral has nothing to hide inside of the MKUltra program, right? Okay. It's not in his best interest to hide anything. Right. There might be assets they've gained from it and pieces of the puzzle that we still utilize. But the project itself, it would technically behoove him to be able to point at numbers and say, yo, there were right. 36 people. 18 of them were dosed inside a safe house. They were invited here, but he doesn't have any of that info. So it's guilt by association. He's already guilty of what his predecessor did. And do you think they were destroyed because those subjects potentially are, or are dead? I guarantee you that at least a few subjects of MKUltra died, whether it was from being dosed with something that was inaccurate or being tested in a way that was too cardiovascularly stimulating. You know, there there are a lot of things that and could happen. And is there dates of when they did that? There's no dates. There, there would be. If, if they weren't destroyed. destroyed. And then, I was going to say it would be interesting to go back to where they had done it. The people who had gone missing around that time in that area. Well, and you notice that all the doctors are even redacted. So right. they can't ask the doctors. Right. Either. And so it move, it continues on to another senator. It's different line, same line of questioning. Senator Huddleston asks... How about the record keeping? Admiral Turner. Yes, I can't imagine anyone having the gall to think that he can just blithely destroy records today with all of the attention that has come to this. And certainly we're emphasizing that that is not the case. 
So what he's trying, I feel like what he's saying, there's one person did this or a group of people destroyed all the records. I can, I can just see the subpoena coming in and they're like, all right, everyone. Burn your shit. <laughs> we forgot his name. <laughs> but um, I, I genuinely don't think that's physically possible because we know that there was at least one doctor setting up cells. Yeah. So they would have had to call all their assets and be like, burn this. Get rid of yes. all of it. We can't have any of this. It's got to go. Yeah. But I don't know that the Admiral knew everything that was in here because it wasn't really his project. There were probably right. still, like I say, pieces of it that were still there, but it's not his project. How is he going to know? So then he continues on, Senator Huddleston. Admiral, I was particularly interested in the activity that took place at the U.S. Public Health Services Hospital. Public Health Services Hospital. So it's a public hospital. Uh-huh. At Lex- or in Lexington. He says at, but it's in Lexington, Kentucky in which one Dr. Harris Isabel conducted experiments on people who presumably were patients there. Presumably patients. Well, so this is actually the senator talking. So he's like, I'm going to assume they were patients. Okay. And this doctor was performing tests on them. He then brings up um, a potential accomplice and asks the admiral if he has investigated it. And he's like, no, because we have one word. And that is that the guy's name was Ray. Real quick, could you tell me how many Rays there are in America, Real, you know, Senator? I, I know you're really into this, but, like, hold the hell up. We're doing our job. <sighs> they didn't. They, they didn't investigate it any more thoroughly because, in my opinion, someone was, A, told not to, is probably dead now of either natural causes or something else. But, I mean, it's or been long enough. Right. <laughs> um, or the information simply isn't there anymore. Yeah. But they're, they're bringing up all these points that are essentially just poking holes in overall what MKUltra was. This takes us to kind of our final point here. I've got a lot of files that I went through, and I read a lot of creepy stuff. But one of them that I read is from January of 1961. Subject, Project MKUltra. Subproject, 42. Number two. In the, past year, in the past year, a number of covert and realistic field trials have been successfully carried out. The results of these experiments have provided factual data establishing protocols for a number of contemplated operations. A continuation of covert and realistic field trials are necessary for the production of new materials in the TSS and TSD programs, particularly in the areas requiring a detailed knowledge of the effectiveness of delivery systems. This is an acknowledgement that they're still out there dosing people with LSD. Mm -hmm. This is 1961. Project's been going on for almost 10 years. Right. And they're still out doing it. We're going to cut ahead by three years. Okay. January 1964. Okay. Subject, MKUltra subproject 149. Three years, 100 projects later. Oh my gosh. During the course of development, it is sometimes found that certain very necessary experiments or tests are not suited for ordinary laboratory facilities. At the same time, it would be difficult, if not impossible, to conduct such tests as an operational field test. This project is designed to provide capability and facilities to fulfill this immediate requirement. Remember that laboratory they talked about mm-hmm. back in subproject 35? Mm-hmm. Or the wing of the hospital? the hospital? This, in my opinion, is them suggesting a full-blown facility, like a black site. And then we get another real dose of creep. Number four. Same subject, same setup. Mr. Blank possesses unique faculties and personal abilities which make him value or invaluable in this kind of testing operation. Mr. Blank, because of his peculiar talents and capabilities as well as his or and capabilities as well as his excellent connections with local law enforcement agencies, will provide a unique and essential capability. Because Mr. Blank is no longer a resident of the Blank area, it is necessary that a suitable replacement be provided in order that a capability of our continuance of our activities be maintained. So they were basically running a whole ring of well-connected people to bring in these test subjects. And I think in 149, they were requesting their own offsite facility so they could continue this project. This is in 1964, though, so it never got off the ground. This... <clears throat> This sounds like everything that has happened with Jeffrey Epstein recruiting girls to do what he did with them. Just a but huge cover-up. Yeah. This is the government recruiting, so-called recruiting people into studying them with drugs. Yep, pretty much. Now, this last section is from a cross-examination from one Senator Wallop, which is, by the way, the single best last name you could ever have. 
Because <laughs> I would literally, every time I walked into a room, be like, I'm Zane Wallop, I'm here to wallop ya! Wallop. Every time I walked into a room. Every time. My wife would murder me. Anyway. She sure would. So, Senator Wallop, looking through, or looking down through some of these 17 projects not involving human testing, aspects of the magician's art, it doesn't seem as though there's anything very sinister about them. Admiral Turner. Yes, sir. I've not tried to indicate that we are either doing or would not do any of these things that were in MKUltra. That's the most lawyer sentence ever. <laughs> but when it comes to the witting or unwitting testing of people with drugs, that is certainly verboten, which means off-limits, forbidden, taboo. Mm -hmm. But there are other things. And then he just lets the sentence hang. Senator Wallop. Even with volunteer patients? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or say whether it's going on, but I mean... It's not an uncommon thing, is it, in the prisons of the United States for the public health service to conduct various kinds of experiments with vaccines and, say, sunburn creams? I don't know what he's doing here, but he's validating the use of illegal drugs that were designed once again with the express purpose of mind control, mental torture, mm -hmm. brainwashing being used on American citizens. He's right. advocating this by comparing it to sunscreen, sorry, right. to sunscreen. That's ridiculous. Right. That is the most gentrified statement I think I've ever heard. And it's coming from the senator who's cross-examining him. Right. In my opinion, it was a softball thrown yeah. way too low. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. We'll never know what actually happened in MKUltra. We'll never know because our government covered it so thoroughly that it's going to take years and years and years and years of piecing together burned scraps of paper from doctor's offices long defunct mm -hmm. to figure out what was happening. Right. But what we do know about is a different operation, another equally declassified, equally uncovered in a rather, I guess you could say, unsavory way operation that the CIA, who was clearly completely off the rails during this time, mm -hmm. set up, and that's Operation Northwoods. I'm not going to give you too much, because I'm not going to talk about it till the next episode, Ugh. but suffice it to say that in order to kill Castro, we needed to send American commandos into urban populaces, have them murder people, blow our own airplanes out of the sky. Um, oh, by the way, those airplanes, passenger planes, commercial passenger planes. Operation Northwoods, next time you're here with us. Freaking hate that you did this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. <clears throat> passenger planes, blown out of the sky. We'll blame it on somebody else. And that'll all be coming up in Operation Northwoods, my next episode. I want to thank you guys for being here, Paranormies. If you have any additional insight on what you can use an ultrasound for as a weapon, let us know. <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. As for now, don't trust the government. And come back with a warrant! <laughs> to keep up to date on what's happening on the podcast, follow us on Instagram at guysparanormal. Also, if you have any stories you want to share with us, email us at pnormalguys at gmail.com.